Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Eagle Pick Pod. Eagle Pickers, welcome back. UFC Austin week this Saturday. Our backyard here in Austin, Texas. That's speaking for Dan and myself. Usual suspects in the house for a set the spread episode. Reese in my top left, Dan in my bottom middle. What's up, boys? What up? I'm happy to be here. You know, whenever you come into something with the lead, it always feels good. 10-8 lead that is for Reese in 2022, but Dan coming off the most recent victory. Uh, we recorded a bunch of them, so it's been a little bit since we set some spreads, but we're going to knock out a few of them here today too. Um, UFC Austin, we mentioned it, in the backyard here in Austin, Texas, at the new Moody Center. Dan, have you been to Moody Center yet? I've not. I'm looking I'm forward to uh, getting in there, getting on the floor, seeing some fights up close. We will be there, and even before we're there, Dan's already in Atlanta for PFL 2022-4. I don't know how I'm supposed to coin that term, but yeah, it's going to be a real busy week for our, uh, us Ankle Pick podcast guys. We've got PFL all week. We've got Media Day on Wednesday. Even before that, I think we've got a special guest, uh, uh, a UFC fighter coming on for an exclusive interview. It's going to be an awesome time. Definitely. Um, this Saturday, 3 o'clock prelims in Austin. That's Central Time. 6 o'clock main card, Central Time. And it is a banger of a main card. Six fights on it. Um one of which we're not going to set a spread for here today because we've done it already. And that's in the senior division, uh, lightweight bout between Cerrone and Lozon. You guys remember what that one is at? I don't, this won't count for it, but you guys have an idea. I know Cowboys is a small favorite around yeah, like 140, 150. I think. 170 is what it clocked in at today. I'll double check if that hasn't moved. Uh, I don't, um, I honestly, now that you 60. say it like that, I don't think it has moved. 60. Um, anyways. Let's start with the first fight on the main card, a middleweight bout, Julian Marquez and Gregory Rodriguez. Dan, kick things off. Awesome. So this is a fight that I'm excited about more from a violence aspect than anything else. I think both these guys are going to bring it. Both these guys like to bang. They're not so concerned about defense, which uh, could be could make for an always fun fight. I tend to think that Gregory is just the more solidified commodity at this point. Um, so I think he's going to be the favorite. And I, I'm just I'm just unsure that what I've seen from Julian Marquez is good enough to really compete at the highest level while Gregory Rodriguez seems to have a lot of talent, a lot of different places. I know he's grappling with – Really, really tough guys like, I mean, Joe Selecki and Cody Steele in, in grappling matches are two just well-rounded black belts. And we've also seen him just turn people's lights out. So I'm going to go Gregory Rodriguez as the favorite. And I'm going to make him minus 180. Wow. Time out. Line I came in with, I'm going to stick with. I swear it's not a price is right. 
Gregory Rodriguez minus 185. That is truly the line wow. I came in with. I think that if I was going to readjust based on Danny's line, I would go 175. But, you know, I don't want to – you know how in, in deal or no deal, it's like you want to switch cases and you're supposed to, but no one ever really wants to because it's like, you know, you feel dedicated. Last thing you want is to switch and then hate yourself because you gave away the millie. It's kind of how I feel here, except uh, set the spread points are worth much more than a million dollars. The way I look at it is like when you look at Gregory Rodriguez, especially kind of reiterating what you said, just he's kind of a commodity at this point. He's TKO'd the Iron Turtle. He's beat Dusko Todorovic. He's beat Josh Frem. Josh Frem and Todorovic are two guys that the UFC liked. I mean, they're big frames. They're guys that they had some convention behind. Julian Marquez, inactive you know, struggled against Patolo before he ripped off a submission. I, I don't think people forgot that. Although, you know, pre-layoff, he had some good wins. Darren Stewart, Philip Hawes is a big one on Contender Series. But I think all in all, it's going to be too little, too late for Julian Marquez. I think he's going to slowly start to build that, but he's just been too inactive. So I'll go 85, Gregory Rodriguez. 190. What? Rodriguez. Wait, bro. That is – come on. I literally came in with 185. Thank gosh I didn't it. change it. Unfortunately, what? we're a little late to this party. It opened 110 both ways late yeah. May. See, we still need to work on that algo software that gives us line drops because I know we have edge. I know we do. We'll get there. Um, second fight on the main card here in Austin, lightweight bout, Demir Ismagulov and Guram Kutateladze, Reese. See, this one's way more in Danny's wheelhouse, I imagine. Um, but he here's what's weird. I mean, Dan was all over Guram for a very long time, well before he got any sort of recognition. Guram goes and beats Matus Gamrat, which no one, even Danny, saw coming. So he's one and only UFC and it was a very impressive win. Demiris Magula on the other side is another guy Danny been kind of high on. He's had nothing but success in the UFC as well, ripping off four in a row against a lot of credential guys. I mean, the Yoel Alvaron, uh, Alvarez aged very well, Thiago Moises. Um, and so for the reason of the resume, I, I think Demir Ismagulov is still going to be a heavy, not a heavy favorite, but a favorite, sizable. And I think it's going to be closer than the line dictates. I just think it's a resume thing. Now, Dan will, I'll admit, Dan will know more about what, who, who is the edge come fight night or as it comes closer. But from a line setting perspective, I imagine that, you know, these Vegas algorithms don't know as much about these two guys as, as Danny and I do when it comes to knowing um, where, where the public opinion is and where the line should be set. So I think just the 4-0 versus 1-0 on, on the side of these Magulov, Ram came in as a dog. I think he's Magulov's with nothing but favorites. I'm going to go Demir's Magulov minus 190. I don't think we're going to see a two in it, but I, I do think it's going to be weirdly sizable. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty comfortable with 190. And I think, I, think I think you're on top of it of where Vegas is thinking and, and how they're setting this line. Um, we talked about proving commodities with Gregory Rodriguez versus Julian Marquez. But as good as Guram was versus Mateus, it, it, he's about as unproven as the 
commodity as there is. I mean, he really only has that one showing and he was a huge dog. I outperformed the number by a lot, but doesn't so much give you a platform to go off of the same way that Demir has the record. That's just, it's, he's perfect in the UFC. And it, like you said, the whole Alvarez win aged beautifully. The reason we started talking about Joel as a fade is because of how easily Demir went through him. And that, I mean, no one's been able to do that. On the other <coughs> hand, Armin Saruki. Sorry. That's true. <laughs> On the other hand, Rafael, the Rafael Alves fight, another one where Demir was a heavy favorite. He very much did not live up to that number. That was a lot closer than I thought. Um, I thought Alves hurt him a couple of times with Guram's going to come and, and, and give him some power. Um, I'm, just, I'm most likely going to be on the Guram side here, riding the gravy train of the dog prices until people figure it out. But Demir is absolutely a killer, like like you said, Reese, and he's probably got that Dagestani tax too. I think I'm gonna go under you. Yeah, I, I was gonna cause... say I was gonna say before I finish that if I had to choose for you to set a line, I'd probably rather you go over. But I, I'm gonna I go. If I give you an inch, you'll take it. You 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 know better. I'm going minus one seventy. And that's that's adding a Dagestani tax. I want to say sixty. Okay, let's give me. Should have said sixty. It's sixty. Wow, nice ah. job. Man. I was high, and I kind of knew I was high. And it's actually come down. It opened eighty right between y'all. Mm, see, people people are coming around on Guran. Yeah, no, and reasonably so. I want to add that, like that line that I made at one ninety. I'm on Guran. I'm on Guram, honestly, maybe at 160. I really am. I'm not, I'm just saying that. Uh, You're on Guram the other way at 140, plus 140. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Your boy I is just, flying from Georgia to Austin so, to watch some Georgians in Austin. It's yeah, going to be a fun yeah. week. Man, you're, uh, if you went to a psychic or like a, a past life teller, we'll find out that you're a Georgian warrior. <laughs> me, and, me and Roman Delizze just rolling for heel hooks constantly. And, and uh, sharing uh Merry Blissmas. <laughs> well, on that note, middleweight bout, third fight of the main card, Joaquin Buckley and Albert Duraev. 1-1, Dan, go for it. This is a really tough one for me to set. Um, I think it's going to be really close to even. Stylistically, people are going to be high on Duraev. I know that. I mean, it's you got a striker, an explosive striker in Joaquin Buckley that doesn't tend to carry – the same speed and um, pace in the later rounds as he does in round one, obviously a major knockout threat. Um, but when you've got a Dagestani grappler, a really proficient, strong wrestler facing against him, it's stylistically not the matchup you want for the striker. Right? I, I have to assume that Duraev is the favorite based on that. But I genuinely think Buckley is, is a more – skilled a stronger fighter than drive has faced really at all in any of his um uh whatever regional scene anything in his road to the ufc fights anything i, I say that like it's not a promotion He's, he wasn't part of the road to the ufc but on his pathway up to the getting whatever um so i think it's gonna be really close to even i've got to go with albert as a favorite i want to bet buckley i know i'm gonna be on buckley's side I'm going to Albert Duraev minus one forty-five. Wow, I I didn't expect any of what Danny just said. 
I do think that Duraev underwhelmed both Danny and myself in his coming out party against Kopilov. And again, Kopilov's competent. I don't want to, but you know, he's an extremely heavy favorite. He destroyed his contender series. And, and it just, I think he underwhelmed a little bit. Buckley, I mean, from a strength aspect, this is going to be the strongest person uh, Duryev has faced and obviously the most well-rounded, but there's still a lot of holes in Buckley game that I think gets, gets overlooked because of the type of knockouts he's capable of. Jordan Wright and Kazanganai are, uh, are the ones in mind when I say that. I, I think that there's a lot of Buckley fans out there, way more than Duryev, which will bring this line down probably a little bit but I don't see it anywhere close to Danny. Um, I will admit, Dan, I will respectfully game it a little bit and go lower than my line I came in with because I have such a big gap on you. And I respect you too much to not lower my line a little bit. Scares me. But I came in with uh, Derive at minus 230. I think that a lot of that line came from all of his prior lines. And just where I think Vegas sees him as far as respect on the name type type level. Are you worried at all about all three of his losses coming from early knockouts? I think first round against no, guys that are not yeah, as skilled no. as strikers, Buckley. No, I, but I, I will admit, too, I did dismiss those a little bit due to um, age, just how long ago they were. I mean, he's beaten guys that are 21 and 1, 7 and 1, 30 and 5. Since then, um, some via knockout, some via submission. So that makes me feel like it, you know, he really used it. I mean, those are over uh, like eight years ago. So it didn't bother me as much. I'm going to go as far as to say that I think Duraev, I don't want to see better everywhere, but I, I am almost tempted to. So even though I just think Buckley striking is good, mm -hmm. he's undersized for the division and not that Duryev's massive, but anyways, I, I digress. Came in with 250. I'm lowering it kind of substantially just because of how far I have on Dan, but I will not direct prices right him. I'm going to go Duryev minus 170. 210. Duryev. Yeah, Dan. I think a much better Buckley number. No, I, like I was going to say, when you said that you were liking Buckley, I respected you way too much because I – and not saying I dislike Buckley. I just look at this line as an opportunity to ride Duraev over a guy who has a little bit more of a name. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I have not taped this one yet, admittedly. So I really don't want to pretend like I'm on it and locking it in. But I'm excited to see if you decide to get on that Buckley train. I really am. Definitely. Two on Reese. We're going to go to the next fight up the main card. Tim Means, Kevin Holland, welterweight bout, and Reese lead off with that lead. So this one, I think, is the one that's like the one that I'm the most confused about. And the reason, and I think a lot of people might not even really realize this. I mean, if you're listening to this show, you probably realize it, but I think the average person probably doesn't. But Tim Means is a hell of a striker. I mean, he really is. And he definitely has some holes that have been shown. Um, I think the Nico Price loss was the biggest one. I actually was in the building for that one. And he was dominating him until he just got caught, which happens. 
He's also coming as a dog against guys like Mike Perry, which to me is really concerning. I know Mike Perry had crazy name, but it's more just like what is Vegas doing when they make lines for this man? Um, but I, I love Tim Means. I just think it, it determines what type of guy he gets on the other side. Just so happens, I think Holland is probably a pretty bad matchup for him as although Holland doesn't show his jits and doesn't show his wrestling, I kind of think Holland will be better everywhere. I think Holland is going to be substantially bigger, you know, now that he's back at 170. And, you know, they have like opponents in Oliveira and the results went different. So I, I think that when you're, when you've struck with guys like Vittori and Brunson and uh, Buckley, honestly, at 85, I, I do think it makes guys like Tim Means at 70, especially a 38 year old Tim Means a little bit easier to handle. This is a line that I think is going to be in the two hundreds, Dan, and I'm going to go with Kevin Holland minus two sixty. I am. And I also just want to reiterate before you go, I do love Tim Means. I might try to find a way to be on Tim Means, but I also love Kevin Holland. So I'm not going to force anything. Uh, I think you're going to get a great striking fight here, but I I think it's going to be kind of one-sided. I'm trying to figure out where to go. You're usually my Tim Means, my Tim Means guru. I know. If Um, if I'm going to be honest with you, I was between 240 and 260. That was like where I was. And I ended up leaning up to 260. So I don't know if that helps you or tells you. I like it. No, I think that there's a lot to be said with Kevin Holland being a modern day Batman. We're talking about a Dagestani tax. What about a fucking Batman tax? This guy is (laughs) one of the most popular guys in and out of the ring. He's talking. He's fun to watch. I mean, he, whatever he's chatting up Khabib while he's getting dominated. I know that's not a good look, but it's, it's something that people notice. Like you said, though, the level of competition is, is just different for me. I mean, Vittori, Daukas, Brunson, Jacare Souza are, are big names that, to stand there and face and, and to not be super overwhelmed. I know he had very little success, and they all really exposed that grappling hole. I don't think that Tim Means is going to be able to, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with agreeing with you. It's going to be in the 200s. I'll go under you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take your advice, and I'm going to take the 240. I had it right right around there. I think I was going to go under that in, like, 230, 20 even. Dang. But I, I like the 240. So I should have gone I'm, I'm playing to win. I, I respect it. 220, Kevin Holland. 2-2. Oh, wow. It helps me that it wouldn't matter either way. Uh, Kobe, where was open on that one? 310, Holland. And that was wow. late May, so two weeks ago, three weeks ago. All right. 310 and then people the dirty birdie. Um, we mentioned the co-main, Donald Cerrone, Joe Lozon, Cerrone minus 160. Um, not to totally gloss over it, but we're going to pass it for set the spread and go right to the featherweight main event, a banger. Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. Dan's going to lead things off. Tied 2-2 in set the spread. Point on the line. Yeah, and we talked about like opponents just a second ago, uh, um, Holland and, and Tim Means both fighting Oliveira. How about Cater and Josh Emmett both having wins over Dan Ige? And I, and I look at kind of how those wins went. And it, I'm expecting a lot more from the Cater side is, is what I'll say. One of those, the Cater or the Ige Emmett fight was a lot more back and forth 
than the cater side was. Although Ige outperformed the number, I would say this. I think that was one of our first episodes also. Um, I, he didn't so much have any successor. I don't think he even won a round. I got to have cater as a favorite here. I got to have him as a pretty sizable favorite here. The way he just showed a tactical masterclass. I won't say like a skill for skill masterclass, but a tactical masterclass against Giga knowing exactly where he was going to have success and knowing exactly where it was dangerous situations and how to hurt Giga too. I have to assume he's going to be able to do something similar against a guy who's going to want to strike with him and Josh Emmett. Um, I think that Cater is really skilled. I think he's kind of caught right in that contender level of, of not so much a title challenger, but better than than the the rest of the top 15 for sure and i think it's pretty clear so i'm gonna go him minus 210 here over josh emmett who i also have a lot of respect for i bet i bet emmett on the ego fight i bet cater on the ego fight um but yeah i think cater's gonna outclass him Dan, you put me in a tough spot because <clears throat> i wanted to come in, in around 220 but the thought behind that was I wanted the downside if you went over me um, because of that knockout threat that Josh Emmett is. I, I wanted that downside, but I might take it. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because I, I think Calvin Cater should be as high as maybe even 300. Um, when you look at records, when you look at skill sets, when you look at like opponents, and we're talking about a guy at Josh Emmett who, and I don't want to like, I like the guy. I don't want to say anything bad about him, but like he lost every single second of that Michael Johnson fight until he, he, he knocked him out. He's lost um, to Jeremy Stevens via KO, which I don't think has aged as well. It wasn't that long ago, three years ago, not that long. I know there's a lot of improvements, but if anything, uh, Josh Emmett's digressed, you know, being 37. The one other thing, uh, the big thing about Josh Emmett for me is team alpha male. I mean, I don't think he's making as much improvements as people think he is, especially in his striking. Um, and so when you see a guy like Cater drastically outclass Giga, drastically outclass like opponents like Jeremy Stevens, um, you know, Shane Burgos, whatever. It, it makes it re I, I honestly want to have Cater. I could see Cater being as high as 300. I just think that people are so scared of Emmett's knockout power that it's going to bring the line down because no one feels comfortable laying 300 to win a hundred when the fight can end at any second. And that's why I wanted it at around 220. I really thought Dan was going to be at 250. And I wanted the downside of it all. Um, just in case it's under because of the fact that this is a closely ranked match with a guy who has power. Um, I, I, you're 210, Dan. Yes, I think I got to take upside. I'll go 220. Um, but I want to let it be known that if it's under in the hundreds, that my initial game plan was to hopefully get that downside as I thought Danny would be 
is close to 300. Because I, if I'm setting Just up, for the listeners at home, Reese either wins or he should have won. Exactly. Exactly. If I was setting this line, if I was Vegas and I was taking action on both sides, I, I think I go cater as high as minus 280. I really, really do. I think but, I'll be playing him in a parlay if yeah. it's got a two in front of it. He's, I, he, I think that there's going to be, or my card at least, is going to be parlay heavy come yeah, this Saturday in Austin. There's a lot of widespreads. Yeah. I think there's a very – these two are two different classes, in my opinion. I think Cater's significantly more talented. Um, so 220, but I think that, that if Danny wins, it's that knockout threat downside because it should be really high. Cater opened minus 170. Already moved up about three weeks of movement to minus 240. Point game, three three game lead, I guess, to Reese. Well, I know it's even worse. That thing's going to keep going. It should at least. It should at least. Woo! Thought I lost. Kobe Country Club with the slow roll of a set of a century. Open when when did it in. get like past two hundred? What was that? What was 40, that that's forty points of range. movement just to Danny's number, and we've seen seventy points of movement since in two weeks. That's crazy. It got past two hundred immediately. It was at two fifteen by the end of May. Okay. Okay. And we would have split that. Okay. I'll t- I, I take that all day long. I'm feeling good as can be right now. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. So that's what we got. Reese takes a, what now a three game lead set the spread. We're moving on. We got another one to record tonight. And in the meantime, Dan's in Atlanta for PFL. Reese is on his way to Atlanta. Reese and Dan are then on their way to Austin. We're loaded here this week. Can't Not wait. to mention special guest and an ankle pick um, star. Yes. Recurring guest. Yep. Excited to have him back on. Future UFC champion. On the- future UFC champion. Reese closes up with the Poha. Poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.